you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Chapter 8 and verse 41, I'll be taking my text today and as a special gift to the fathers, I will only take as much time as it takes. Luke chapter 8 verse 41, and behold there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house for he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. Now there's some other things that happen here because Jesus now gets sidetracked by a need that appears in the middle of him already having one need. Now now there's another need. And He gets sidetracked dealing with that need. Then we pick up in verse 49. While he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, only believe. And she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father of the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all out and took her by the hand and called her, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. I'm going to talk to you for a little bit this morning about a caring father. Let's just pray now. Father, help us today to open our hearts and our minds to the Word of God. I pray now that your Word comes forth and speaks to every heart in this room. We honor you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Being a father is not nearly as glamorous as being a mother. 
Chelsea, sometimes Father's Day is as awkward for us fathers as it is for you. Not nearly as reverent in society as is the job of a mother, yet it's an extremely vital role. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that role. As normal on Father's Day, I'm going to be speaking to fathers and potential fathers and future fathers. I'll not only speak to those men that have fathered children, but also those who are fathers in this church. And I say that and use that term today because there's people just such as Chelsea didn't know she was just playing right into the message that I was going to be preaching today. Because there's so many in this church that either don't have an active father in their life or they do not have a spiritual father. And so the role of a man, a male's voice, a man's presence, a godly man, a caring man, can play a very huge and vital role in the lives of so many people who are missing that aspect of their life. The title father could be rightly defined as a leader, one who sets an example or establishes what is normal in the home or in the church. Yesterday I called my father. I'll most likely call him again today, but I called him yesterday and had a conversation with him on the phone yesterday and reminded him of the man that I am today. He's made, Dad often makes statements, son, I'm very proud of you. And, of course, it makes me feel like a million bucks when my dad affirms and says things that are positive. And in, during that affirmation, I said, Dad, the man that I am today is because of the man that you were in my years of growing up. Because you are responsible for making me the man that I am today. My father was a leader, one who set an example, who established what is normal in life, in my home, in our family, and in society. Brother Brandon Newcomer, thank you for the great word on Wednesday night. If you didn't catch Wednesday night, today would be a good day to log on and listen to the Wednesday night Bible study our student pastor, Brother Brandon Newcomer, brought on Wednesday night. It's online, and you can get on and watch it. A letter to his children is a great, great Bible study and message and word that the world needs to hear. Every boy, every young man needs a father or a father figure to affirm and to validate and to tell him, one, who he is. And two, who he ought to be, who he ought to come, every girl to become. Every girl needs a father to protect her and to validate her and to establish significance in her life and let raise her to so she understands that she doesn't need a young teenage boy to validate her because she has a father that has validated her through her life. So every boy needs a father to affirm. Every girl needs a father to protect and bring security. They both need someone to look up to while they're growing up. But just because they reach 18 doesn't mean that the role of a father is done. Because the symbol of a father, or if I may turn to biblical and historical terms such as the role of a patriarch, an aging father, a father figure, a man who has stood strong and firm, 
is a very vital role in the development and in the family unit. Children need a father to correct them and acknowledge them. Older children, if I may say, need a father to continue to be affirmation and example. Sadly, the role of a father has disappeared in over 50% of American homes. Research has shown that fathers no longer exist and father figures are even absent in the life of the majority of teenagers and young adults. Can I pause for a moment to speak to every child, every young person, every young adult in this room? No matter how much you disagree and hate the rules of the house and the father, if you have a father that is in your life, in your home, and that has stuck it out, you ought to give double honor today because you are among the most blessed in society. Amen. That's a valid hand clap right there. Young men and women have grown up without a father to validate them or to speak into their lives. Hence, these young people grow up looking for father figures and they look to places like games on the street. This is why drugs and teenage pregnancy has been on the rise for many years. The world is missing caring fathers who will stick it out regardless. I often say at marriage ceremonies that I do, staying together for children's sake is a good reason to stay together. Because they didn't ask you to bring them into the world. You brought them into the world, so stand and be a father to them and raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And although situations may be difficult and not always pleasant, do your best. Stick it out because it is a responsibility that God places on the shoulders of men. Not to be a seed donor, but to be a father. in trying to protect the child from abuse. The societal system has taken away power from their parents and given it to the child. This has resulted in the child being indirectly the most powerful in the home and then parents are made to be subordinates. This is not how God intended the family unit to operate. God ordained the father to be the strongest and the dominant voice in the family to be the spiritual, get this word, leader. Spiritual leader. Spiritual leader. Fathers are to be spiritual leaders in the home. Not mom calling the children to prayer. Not mom making sure that the children are at church. Spiritual fathers are ordained of the Lord. God ordained the father's voice to be the dominant voice in the home. The voice of men should also be the dominant voice in the church. A Bible for that. The voice of men. Well, why is, why is it? Are, are they just a bunch of loudmouthed women? No. Often there's loudmouthed women because they're silent men. 
Oh, am I meddling too much on Father's Day? We need men that will open their mouth and speak righteousness and godliness and biblical leadership the way God said it is supposed to be. God ordained it. The Father was designed by God to be the head of the family even as Christ is the head of the church. I'm in the book this morning. Absent or silent fathers have caused young people who now have nobody to be their moral and spiritual compass that have looked to society for direction who now no longer have a father to say this is right and this is wrong and have no one else but society and the media to point them in the direction that they should go. This is why the world has gone astray. Can I just get real with you right now? If one of my three, all grown, all men, all working jobs, all making it on their own, but if I found out one of those three were torching buildings and tearing down, taking belongings that doesn't belong to them, this father would be finding where they are and meeting them at their car door to tell them, you, son, are wrong. Mm -hmm. That's why that hand clap was delayed because some of you don't believe what I'm preaching this morning. We need some spiritual fathers to stand strong and say, this is right, this is the word of God, and this is wrong. It is an opposition of the word of God. It's the way God designed it. The husband is to be the spiritual leader of the home. Fathers should lead their children. By example, we lead. And by word, we lead. The Bible tells us a story about a man named Jairus who had a daughter who was sick unto death. The actions of Jairus, the dad in the story, is going to speak to each of us today. As I hurry along in this message, I want to point out to you some things that I see in this text. In the life of Jarius, in his response and actions toward his daughter and family, the world needs more fathers like Jarius. The first thing that I see in this text is that Jarius sought the Lord on behalf of his daughter. If you're a note taker, I want you to write it down. The first thing that you can do as a spiritual father is seek the Lord on behalf of your family. Praying fathers are the most powerful force in a home and family and life. We need dads who will seek the Lord for their family. We need some fathers who will seek the Lord. Jarius sought the Lord on behalf of his daughter. He came pleading the cause of his daughter. My daughter is sick unto death. If you will come, the second thing that Jarius did 
is that Jairus brought Jesus into the house. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now so strong up in here. It's been a while since I've preached, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now so strong. There needs to be some men who do more than just talk about God, but you need to ensure that you are not bringing all the world into your home, but that you are bringing Jesus into your home. Jarius, the first thing he did was sought the Lord. The second thing he did was physical. He went and brought Jesus into his home. Come on, dads, we need to stop bringing everything, anger into the home, discouragement into the home, all sorts of sinful activity into the home. We need to bring Jesus into the home. Our children ought to see Jesus in the home, in the family, and in our life. Jarius brought Jesus into his house. And then Jarius told his household to obey the Lord. To obey the Lord. The voice of the Father in the home may be one of the most powerful forces that you can have. You have to open your mouth and speak. When it's easier to be silent, it is the responsibility of men to open our mouth and to speak. To speak the word of God. To speak righteousness. To speak truth. Whether it goes against culture, whether it goes against the wishes of our children, whether it goes against society, we have to stand and strong and speak. And even if it goes against unbiblical methods and ways that our family maybe has been in the past, that's a cultural shift. For every new convert, for every newer family that has come to know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost, and you weren't used to having righteousness in your home. And you tolerated things in your home. I'm preaching to you this morning that we need to open our mouth and speak. That means we need to explain. We need to teach. We need to show the right way for our family to go. We can't sit silently blind. Well, that's just the way they are and that's just the way they want to be. No, we need some men who will speak up and say, no, as for me and my house, we're going to the house of the Lord. As for me and my house, that sinful activity will not be allowed in my home and in my life. I love you, but I'm not going to agree with sinful activity. was trying to decide whether I want to go there today or not. Maybe I'd be better suited not to. But when sin is, is rampant in the world and we begin to tolerate sin in our family and in our home, the things that we tolerate today will be an acceptable behavior in our children and grandchildren's life into the future. That's why when you become passive about things, when it's... when when 
the things of God, when the house of God begins to be, well, if it's, if it's suitable, if it works out, and that's how we treat it, don't come running saying, why in the world is my family, does my family not want to be in the house of the Lord somewhere down the road? Because if you tolerate it today, it will be an acceptable behavior in the future, and the next generation, it will be an expected behavior. It's called the law of diminishing returns. You will always be better to put your feet on the ground and speak up against sin and against the things of the world. This church is full of some outstanding men. I could go around the room this morning. I could walk man to man today. I could walk through here and talk to so many of you today about your incredible example certain things that many of you have even taught me. Some of our men in this church have been a great example to me as a father and as a pastor. I have learned from some of our elders. I have watched you. I've watched how you've handled your family and your home. And I hope that I have been an example and remain to be an example for those that may be following in my footsteps and coming along, raising your home and your family now and into the future. I've watched some of you, the way you have treated your family, the love and honor and respect that you have shown leadership. You have been faithful. Husbands have loved your wives as Christ have loved the church and given himself to it. The way you treat your children with love and compassion, your willingness to fulfill your role as a father in your home is exemplary to the world and to this region. Many of you, I have watched you in your faithfulness. You have gone to work when you're sick. You have gotten up not worried about your own personal well-being, but more concerned about the welfare of your family. Because you know that the Bible says that a man that doesn't provide for his household is worse than an infidel. Many of you have been very faithful to the house of God. You have been faithful. Some of you that were so faithful during the construction of this building and the development of this church. Some of you that give of your time, your talents, and your treasures. You give of your finances. You give of your energies and your effort. I drive onto these grounds and see men that are teaching Bible studies and men who are here at times of prayer and men who are working and are laboring, taking care of the grounds, working on the building, meeting with people, teaching people, counseling with people, working and laboring. I drove by yesterday evening, late into the evening, to see men's vehicles that were parked here doing the work of the Lord. The world needs you. The world needs your example. Not every man is fleeing his home, fleeing his family, and fleeing his responsibility. If I had a hat, I would take it off to you this morning. CLC, you faithful men who have lived morally and righteously and ethically and continue to do so and continue to be an example. The world needs you. The world needs you to shine your light bright in this world on this Father's Day I commend you we honor you our hats off to you thank you for being an example thank you for being an example 
that the Bible gives us in the Word of God of what a good Christian man should be. We often give Hannah credit. I won't be much longer. We often give Hannah credit for the miracle birth of Samuel that I mentioned today during the dedication because she wanted a son so bad that she prayed and she got the attention of God. And we often talk about Hannah and how she wanted this child and she prayed and it was an outward uh, response and an outward act. But we often leave out Elkanah, Samuel's father, all of the years that Elkanah lived wanting a son, he remained faithful to God without a son. I'm going to let that sink in. Hannah gets all the press, but Elkanah remained faithful to God and to the things of God even when God had not given him a son. Maybe it wasn't just Hannah's prayer that moved heaven and caused God to hear her prayer. Maybe it was Elkanah, the father's faithfulness and diligence and patience and said, I'm going to wait on God and I'm going to be faithful until the end. It doesn't matter whether God gives me the son that I want or doesn't. I'm still going to remain faithful. Maybe it was that faithful father that got the attention of heaven and caused God to say, I'm going to honor Elkanah along with Hannah. It's not always the biggest fanfare that gets the attention of God. Sometimes it's the silent faithfulness of a father that gets the attention of God. A father, as I've already mentioned, has such an important role in the family unit and in the church. It is a role that nobody else can fill. The voice and words of a father cannot be replaced by another. We must speak. We must verbalize. We need men, apostolic men, with strong voices to ring a clear and a certain sound in these last days. Fathers impart certain truths and convictions into the lives of children that they cannot get from their mother. Fathers teach their children. This is how we feel about God. Fathers and the validation and affirmation of a father teaches a child, this is how we feel about you. Fathers teach their children, this is how we feel about the Word of God. It is a father that teaches their children, this is how we feel about the church. It is a father that teaches their children, this is how we feel about financial giving and faithfulness and stewardship. It is a father that teaches their children this is how our family feels about submission to God and to biblical authority. I read an article the other day that was astounding. It showed the percentages of who, if who comes to church first. If a child comes to church first, something like 5% of the time the mom and the dad or one of the family or more of the family end up coming to church and following the child. 
If a mother comes to church first, it's something like 30% of the time the entire family ends up coming to church. But when a father makes the commitment to the house of God, 95% of the time, 95% of the time when a father says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. 95% of the time, the whole entire house comes and becomes part of the church. This is why it is important that our men stand strong and declare the word of the Lord and make a decision to serve God. Your family can't survive, much less succeed in this world without the voice of a caring father. As I close today, there comes a point in life that we no longer can say, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Because your family, men, your family needs you. And they need your voice. And they need your answer. The church needs your voice and needs your response. I believe that the strongest churches have, it's the voice of men that are heard in the prayer room. I wish I could get an amen today. I believe in the strongest churches, it's the voices of men that are heard in worship. I wish I could get an amen today. In the strongest of families and churches, it is the voice of men that are heard at the altar. We need men that will rise to be prayer warriors, to seek the Lord as did Jairus on behalf of his daughter. That will bring Jesus into your home and into your family. And that that will teach your family to do what he says to do. Your church and your family need you, Dad. The church needs you, men of vision. The church needs you, men of passion. Men that are willing to involve themselves and give themselves to a cause that is greater than we are to declare in these times of unrest and unsettledness and people wondering what's going to happen in the world. You know who's going to anchor a family? You know who's going to anchor the next generation? It's going to be men of integrity that will stand strong and declare this is what thus saith the word of the Lord. And this is where we stand. God is looking for a few good men. Why don't you stand with me all over the room today? I'm going to ask you from the front to the back to lift your hands and lift your voice and begin to call on the name of the Lord. I want you to pray. Children, moms, dads, young people, I want you to pray over your father, over every father in this room. If there's a father in the aisle with you that you live with, why don't you just reach over and put an arm around them, take them by the hand, and begin to pray over them right now. Come on, let's let our prayer be heard. That the strength of the Father would return. Come on, pray out loud. Speak with faith.
faith and authority right now. In the name of Jesus. Passionately is to be what you call me to be. And that's what I'll be. are still maybe not wanting to be up in tight places, but maybe not everybody feels that way today. And, and there's a lot of room here in the front. I just wonder if I open the altars today, if there would be some that would like to just come and walk to the front of this room and say, I'm going to be the man that God has called me to be. I'm going to be the leader in my home and family, not just men, but women and children alike. If you'd like to walk to the front of this room as a declaration, I'm going to be a strong person of faith. I'm going to be a warrior of truth. I'm going to stand strong in these last days. Come on, that's it. Respond as the Lord leads you. We're preparing for a baptism here in just a moment. If our baptismal team may help me this morning. Come on, let this song be your prayer. I will be what you call me to be. I will say
Sing it again. 